Imogen and I caught up on the 15th of December 2021 and she was full of excitement for the season to come, her move to Girona. But unfortunately, as we know, life doesn't always work out and go to plan. Nonetheless, I have no doubt with the resilience and the steely determination that she's got, she'll bounce back from her injuries and be powered back to the top where she belongs. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. How are you? Thank you. God, I always get really nervous at the beginning of these things that like they're not going to connect or like I don't know. <laughs> I, I had that. I was I was literally just about to start talking about ten days to Christmas. Who's ready for it? Are you ready? <laughs> Which is this the the um festive five hundred or what? So. I was even, I was talking about see you're straight into the bike chat you're there I'm talking about the Christmas presents with family and spending time with people and stuff are you oh, ready I, actually, I just got my Christmas shopping done for <laughs> Davey uh, two days ago um, okay and I'm I'm making some stuff I'm knitting some stuff but I got like the shopping stuff that I had to get done I got that done and um, but no I'm not doing the festive 500 either just in case that was no. <laughs> on the cards I'm not doing that. Um, that was a question for later on. That was a question for later on. But you're not going to do that. Is it not fitting into the plans, cycling wise? Well, I just feel like you know, I, I feel like we we all cycle the rest of the year, and that's like a time to you know. I'll obviously still train, but I won't be like thinking, yeah. oh my god, I didn't get my like hundred kilometers done today or whatever. I'll just be yeah. just be training as normal. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I know it's a special time of year, indeed. But no, welcome and thanks so much for, for joining. I was going to say, we make this interactive and fun. Like, that's the watchword. It's got to be fun. So please do relax. Um, but if you see anyone pop in, in in the chat and has any questions, whatever, are you all right if we, we try and tackle those we try and answer those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ask questions yeah. away. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm easy ozy with how this goes. I've got my cup okay, of tea, awesome. so I'll just sit back and. Cheers. Relax. Cheers to, cheers to yeah. you as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, it feels like yesterday that I saw you, but it's kind of like the story of this year that I'm pretty sure it's been like way longer than that now. Oh my God, yeah, because, um, wait, so what month are we now? December, that was at the beginning, was that at the beginning of October, was it? Hardly in London. I think I think it was I think it was November. Ruler Live. Was it? I think okay. It was. Yeah, because I was thinking actually well, that would be bizarre. But yeah, no, it was a uh, that was at Ruler Live that we met, and um, yeah, yeah, that was a pretty kind of crazy weekend for me as well because you know I felt like like I was saying to you that night like it was almost a bit of imposter syndrome because I was on stage with like yeah. Cancellara and just kind of wow. You know, yeah, it was a bit surreal, you know, because they, they kind yeah. of introduced, um, you know, we were there to talk about esports, and obviously, like, I've been part of the mm. Movistar um, e-team, which has been amazing, but, you know, they, they kind of introduced me, and they, they had, like, a five-second clip of, you know, me winning nationals, and then it was kind of like, and here we've got Cancellara, and they had, like, you know, whatever, it was like, a, <laughs> or, like, a minute montage of every single win, and I was like, oh, uh, what am I doing here? But no, it was it was a great no. weekend, like, and it's, and that's also that's a really nice you know, opportunity to, like, connect with people and meet people, so yeah, it was lovely to meet you there as well. Definitely, 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 and likewise, and I think, you know, don't, don't feel that imposter syndrome at all, I feel like, you know, you deserve to be there, and you've done some great stuff, which I'd, I'd love to get into, so I was just thinking, because some people don't know who I am, um, naturally, because they've come for you, um, so I was just going to do a quick introduction, and then turn over to you, and then what I was hoping to achieve from this is really, just to give people a bit of a flavour of Imogen, what's, what you're about, plans for next year, and then we'll have some fun with it, so nothing too stressful, nothing too technical, I, I know you've done this tons of times, also, does that work for you? Yeah, it sounds good. Awesome. 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 So for those of you that haven't heard me speak before, my name is Kofi and I'm the founder of Rife for Unity. Um, what is Rife for Unity? Well, it is a global community um, where no matter who you are, no matter where you are, together we ride, together we love bikes. And these chats that I've been having for gosh, about over a year now are really all about inspiration and representation. With a view that if you can see it, as we can see, Imogen live and direct, then you can be it. Um, that's the idea, really. That's the idea. So, my guest today, my pal today, is the new Irish national road champion. <laughs> Welcome, Imogen Cotter. Has it sunk in yet? Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely sunk in. Like it did take a long time because I wanted it for so long, but like I've even still got my national champ jersey like hanging on the like on my 
clothes rail so like when i wake up in the morning i still see it and like it's you know just a nice is it, is it there reminder. yeah it's like right over there is it right there yeah can i see can i see Go please on. wait i'll get it <laughs> yeah no, I, I have it hanging up so it's here every every morning i wake up and i get to see my little jersey over here hanging on wow. the clothes rail um and you've got the middle there as well what do you say my middle yeah my middle is, is here the middle well. is there as well yeah so oh congratulations you know, it's, it's a really like great feeling you know when you work for something for so long and like it, it's still mm. it's still a lovely feeling like even yesterday cycling ireland they shared the um the clip of me winning and like i was watching it and i watched it like five times in a row i was like ah, i won it i did i won I it you did like, it yeah, so yes. it's still like a really nice feeling. Um, and it's something you can come back to as well. Like, I feel like we always need that, you know, something to come back to when training is like really hard or like you're in the depths mm -hmm. of winter training when you, you kind of struggle to remember. What's it like to race? Like, am I still able to do that? Um, so, yes, yeah, it's, it's a nice kind of look back and just a kind of reminder to keep on going. That's that's what I think. Definitely. Brilliant, brilliant. Tall man, 83, I think taking thumbs up and i don't know if you saw while you were talking about it that loads of hearts were going up on the side so a lot of people are, are feeling feeling the achievement really for you really. No. And, and how how what's what's the sort of distance for it how long was the route all it it was uh 92.3 kilometers <laughs> and um it was like approximately <laughs> to the meter um so it was like two small laps which were like well no was it four small laps which were quite flat and then we went on and we did yeah. uh two of the bigger laps that had like a tough they had two tough climbs in in the big lap so we did like four climbs in total and i guess for me that suits me because i do love uh i love climbing so um yeah it was brilliant um and i just uh, ended wonderful. up being able to you know, bring it all together at the end and and finish it off nicely. So yeah, it was great. Um, and it's kind wow. of you know, it's opened up a lot of opportunities for me as well. Like you know, as in next year, I've, I've got the opportunity now to I'll be riding professionally. I'm going to a great team, um, and I'll be riding some of like the races I've dreamed of riding. And it, it's always been my goal. So it's kind of it's a lovely a lovely feeling. That's fabulous. So we definitely, I definitely want to touch on that. Will imagine but 92.5 miles of kilometers sorry of taipei type fun it seems like because there were some hills in there right it wasn't flat like God. no no and the hills were pretty full-on so yeah it was uh, a special type of pain <laughs> special type of pain brilliant well as, as you could imagine i'd love to do like biblical claps i don't know if you're religious or not you don't you might be you might not be but i believe go back to the beginning the universe okay we go with that but biblically, in the beginning, there was like Genesis, I believe. So if we start back to your Genesis, like how you got into cycling, because my understanding of it, from what I've seen and got to know of you, is that it's a relatively early career for you um, in terms of cycling. So if you could give us a whistle-stop tour of like how you got into it, like were you doing it from like a really young age or was it, as I thought and imagined and know a little bit more recent? Yeah, so I think uh, the thing about it is I came to cycling quite late um, in life. I think I was I was either 24 or 25, um, or about to turn 25, I think. Um, and I did like a talent transfer program. So originally, like throughout my teens um, and my early to I was a runner. Um, and I kind of did running, um, I, I did like cross country running, uh, you know, some track running like 3K, 5K. And I also did... Um, uh cross country and, and i was doing like 10ks and, and building up actually once i graduated from university i'd moved to london and i was building up to do a half marathon so um that that was kind of where i was at uh, I, I was quite fit but i'm always with running i would kind of get fit get injured and it, you know it was like a, i never got like yo -yo that way exactly yeah and i never got to like build yeah. on like a training um on a training block so it was when i was uh living in london and training for this half marathon that i saw cycling ireland were doing a talent transfer program so my my mom had actually tagged me on facebook my mom's like you should try out for this um and i was oh, living really? in london at the time and i was like yeah okay like i'll just i'll have a weekend home from london that's what i really wanted so i came home from london and i did this um testing and you know it, it was kind of i feel like this has happened to me a lot in cycling 
in that I go into things quite naively thinking oh yeah I'll try out for this and yeah. it just kind of keeps going and going and and that's kind of what happened with the talent transfer program I got um eventually after like a series of like different tests and different kind of um uh yeah there was different rounds to go through I eventually got onto the national track program um and that was in yeah, so in 2018, I moved out to Mallorca and I trained uh, out in Mallorca for a year, kind of um, really full time, like for track cycling. So I was doing team pursuit uh, and it was kind of towards the so it was in the summer of 2000 or no, August 2018 that um, I, I kind yeah. of had like a crossroads moment, I think, um, in cycling when I didn't get selected for like my first major competition. Um, and it had been kind of what mm. I was that the Euros that you were going for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was the Euros. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of what I had been aiming towards for like the, the past, you know, since I'd started cycling. So like a year and, and a half nearly. And I suppose when I didn't get selected, it's definitely the hardest thing I've dealt with as an athlete, you know, kind of, even though, you know, as an athlete, nothing is guaranteed. It still felt like a a kick in the teeth. And it kind of, I kind of took stock of everything. I was thinking, am I enjoying this, you know, riding on the track where everything counts down to the last millisecond? Is this really for me? Uh, You know, and I just didn't see, I I wasn't earning any money. I, I just didn't see it you know it just didn't do it for me um so I decided to leave um and I ended up going to Belgium to race uh just for like a few weeks just just (laughs) Belgium because you'd heard the chocolate was good or like what (laughs) well I I do like my chocolate so um (laughs) but no it was more that I uh, somebody you know it's kind of one of those things that I knew about racing being good in Belgium but I didn't you know know much about it um but i i just decided to go there um with no experience of racing just threw myself in at the deep end and uh i ended up really i fell in love with the culture over there like the culture is just incredible um uh, around cycling you know people really get into cycling uh, even if there's like a random race on you know on a tuesday afternoon in in some random town in the middle of nowhere like the streets will be lined with people to come and see it you know it's yeah it's it's really amazing um so i ended up going to belgium fell in love with the culture um and i just decided to move there um so that was in 2019 i i kind of upped and went i left me work i left the cycling iron set up moved over to belgium and I had, uh, yeah, I was racing out there, lived there for the last three years. I've just actually moved home um, in the last couple okay. of months. Um, but yeah, I've had like, it, it just was like really a sink or swim kind of situation because I knew so mm-hmm. little about road racing and I just threw myself in. And here I am. And went for it, went for it. Wow, that's phenomenal. Now I've got more things to build on this, but in the bit to keep it interactive, Steph, um, Whose birthday is today, actually? Happy birthday, Steph. Yeah, one of the YFT stores and ambassadors um, in part of the family. She's asked, do you still run? Um, And do you think it helps your cycling? I don't run. I don't run anymore um, because it actually just feels awful. I feel like running (laughs) is one of those things that it only feels really good when you're very fit. And when you're not mm. fit for running, like fit for running and fit for cycling is um, is different. Um, and I'm fit for cycling, but when I run, I just feel like crap. Crap, oh, fair enough. Now, I could have told you that without <clears throat> any qualifications because I'm all about the bike, as you can imagine. Um, and I've got another one from um, Dylan Evans, 77. So what are your thoughts on mountain biking? Is it a distraction or good cross-training? I focus mostly on road with some mountain biking. Yeah, I think that I think that anything that makes your training a bit more fun is a good thing to add in. So I would do um, gravel riding. I, I have a gravel bike, so I would mm-hmm. go, like uh, just I, I would just try and do things that just make it so that I'm not constantly on my road bike looking at what's um, you know it kind of breaks things up a bit. I think anything to make training fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah you do fabulous so going back to the stream of consciousness that i had about you know your journey I, this always happens like invariably people miss stuff out like i understood that you had had an injury not knowing it's not funny i'm not laughing at all that's a serious injury and you broke you 
that right? Yes, yeah. Um, I broke it. I broke my uh, my uh, radius. I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and then from from breaking your arm, like I felt like you managed to turn that adversity and setback into something through like indoor training and fit. But we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that. And you hinted about it earlier on. I was like, we come back to that. Maybe this would be a time to come back to it. Because what did you do? Like when you broke your, your, your arm, did you like mope around and be like, God, woe is me? Or, or like other things happen? Yeah, so I suppose I've always been a bit like that. When I've had injuries in running, I was always like, well, now I just get on the bike. So I've never kind of, when I have an injury, I try and I try and really think of the things that I can do instead of focus on what I can't mm. do. So I knew when I broke my arm, I can't go outdoors on the bike, but I knew that I could go indoors. Like, so I had a, a Watt bike at the time and I just put the handlebars up as high as they would go so that I didn't have to like lean down on my arm. Um, and I could just kind of, you know, I just had my uh, arm resting on the handlebars. Um, and I just, I just was able to train. And actually at the time, um, the, the Zwift Academy was on. So this is back in 2019. Uh, Zwift Academy was just starting up and I just thought to myself, okay, like, let's just see if I can use these turbo hours for good. So I, I just started doing the Zwift Academy workouts and I, so, you know, again, <laughs> just kept kind of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing quite well here. And I ended up getting through to the semi-finals, you know, and I was I was really happy with that, like to to get that far of something that I hadn't really focused in on uh, was just incredible. And obviously I got quite dedicated once I realized, hey, I'm in with a chance here. But you know, I didn't have the I didn't have the, the legs to go all the way. But yeah, no, I, I'd be a big fan of trying to focus on the good, even if it's like I think I've said this before, like I try almost to be falsely positive. So even if I don't believe yeah. that the positivity, I would still be like, I am amazing. Like, this is fantastic. Because I feel like even if you say something and you don't believe it, some of it gets through. So you just have to like mm-hmm. make that decision to um, be falsely positive and just fake. It's like fake it till you make it, isn't it? Like you just have to like um, really, you know, just go for it i think yeah no i get i I get you on that and i think for me like having these conversations like mindset is something that really really does interest me um like as an overall sort of strategy for the success that you've had because i think you got onto the the, are you still part of the e-movie star team yeah, so I am up until the end, like I can't do it um, next year because uh, you can't be part of a UCI team and also racing on the Movistar team. So, um, yeah, I, I was part of that for this year, but I unfortunately can't do it next year. No, no, but amazing that you did it. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, 100%. And just thinking about like the mindset, like how important has that been to you in terms of your overcoming adversity and like keeping yourself going at times where you know I imagine I imagine because I'm not an athlete that it's been quite difficult at times which how important has my mindset been yeah oh massively like it's it's definitely one of the most important parts for me of being an athlete I feel I feel like we often you know, we just look at the training part of it. But for me, the mental part of it is like the training part. I love the training part, like but to get down to the nitty gritty of it, like you really need to do the mental uh, training mm. part of things. Um, so I would really be a huge, huge like advocate for that, you know, working, setting time aside to work on the, the sports psychology side of things is huge for me. And I've worked with a sports psychologist. I've, I've worked with a brilliant sports psychologist uh, on and off over the last couple of years. But, you know, really um, this year in particular, I had some really shit times. Um, towards really? the beginning of the year, I had like really bad performances. I was really just not able to make it click for some reason. I had a lot of fear. Um, I had a lot of just imposter syndrome, self-doubt, like all these negative things. And it kind of all came to a head at the end of June. And I said to myself, like, you know, I have to stop waiting for someone to change things for me. Like, this has to change. I need to change something. I need to do the work. And, And I really did. I spent like a solid month 
um, really focus in on like what is going on in my head, what is holding me back, what can I do to change it? Um, really, and I mean, I was doing the work and doing that work pays off. Um, and so yeah. I think in a way, you know, that, that was a massive turning point for me. Um, also acknowledging things that maybe weren't going so well within my training like routine and my training structure and changing them as well. Uh, you know, and just really focusing in on what works for me. And um, that that was when things started to come together. And to come down. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I feel like, you know, you can't keep up that level of intensity, like work on it every day for a solid month. You can't do that year round because you, you almost come a bit, become a bit too like self-aware in a way, you know, it, it can almost be to your detriment. But I, I kind of take, I took a little break, you know, and I would come, come back into it once a week, like when I had a race, you know, writing down my goals for the race, what I wanted to do and then kind of coming back and reviewing it afterwards and um and then I've taken a break you know the last couple of months but this week now I'm back into it I want to you know do my kind of recap of the year um set my goals for next year properly even though I have them in my head already like get it written down get a plan written down and uh you know, it's it's a massive part of, of being an athlete. Yeah. If you're a skippy over that part, you're missing a trick. That's awesome. And, and and any any hints or tips or tricks? Because I know you talked about working with a psychologist, but are there any um, I don't know books or journals that you've kind of read that have kind of been pivotal in your development in that area that you'd share? Yeah, the the main one that I've read and that I'm reading for a second time now is called On Top of Your Game by Carrie Cheadle. Okay. Um, and actually, okay, like, I'm it's writing that down right now. Yeah, write it down. It's so good. Um, what happened was I had like the worst race of my, you know, ever that I've ever ever done, and I remember I had read an article from Carrie Cheadle from the author. I read it that mm. week. And I, I had actually, I reached out to her after I read the article because the article was on combating fear in the peloton. And I found her Instagram and I reached out to her. I said, this article was incredible. Like, do you have any books? And she sent me on a book. Um, and it was like a week later, I had this horrendous race. Um, it was a stage race. It was the first stage of a stage race. And I DNF'd. I didn't finish the first stage. You didn't finish it? No, I didn't finish it. I was dropped like within the first 20 kilometers. Just, I don't even know why, even looking back now, I don't know why. And um, I was sat the next day at a cafe and I I just thought to myself, I need to get that book that she was talking about. I need that book. And I downloaded the book on my Kindle that day, sitting at this cafe. And I remember like reading the first page and I was crying. I was like, this woman wrote this book for me. Wow. Like this woman actually. Like I spoke to you. Yeah, it literally, it was like, it was incredible. And, and the book is just fantastic. And I, I feel like it's helpful if you almost, you journal your way through it, like to to kind of read through it passively is okay. But like, if you really engage with it, you really uh, get something out of it. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because um, something that I've heard you talk about in the past is like the manifestation. I think you touched on that a bit earlier, like where you, you know, visualize things. And it was something you talked about around wanting something so bad and you could even hear like it was the bleeps you could hear in your, your sleep yeah. or before you did what, what was that about that that was um that was the year i was preparing for the um for the team pursuit for the euros right. I would, like lie in bed at night and and listen to the countdown beeps for the start of team pursuit and just kind of imagine every feeling going through me where my legs were what my hands were doing what <laughs> like it was I really wow. get into that, like that imagery side of things is massively important to me. Important. That's, that's rad. Oh, wow. Well, um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I've, I've written this down, so I, I feel bad because I'm basically gaining all this knowledge from you. Um, <laughs> and actually everyone, everyone else is as well. Um, and I just, as I said, I keep it interactive. James Rose, 5312, um, you posted in your IG story, you take a two-day rest break. Do you actually take off completely or do some low-intensity work? Um, I actually just had two days off. So I wouldn't usually have a two day block. I'd have like usually like one rest day. Um, but I just had a two day block because I had like a really heavy uh, building block leading up to this week. And, um, the two days on the first day, I did nothing. I drove up to an outlet village. I did my Christmas shopping. The second day I did, um, 
I went on a hike, but that was it. Like I didn't do anything. Okay. You know, that, that felt quite intense actually, because I guess I haven't gone hiking in a long time. But I didn't do anything <laughs> crazy. Um, yeah, so that that was it really. I do. I, you know, it's oh, funny so because good. I do see the the world tour guys. You know, they'll be on a rest day, but they'll still be in their cycling kit. I'm like, I do not go on a spin on my rest day, but no. No, they've got the cycling kit on. Maybe they left all their clothes at home. <laughs> They're just posing for the photos. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, is, is it, is word, word on the street is that you've gone back home and you're in Ireland at yeah. the moment. Indeed, yeah. do, do, do you see world tour people in Ireland? Because from what I understand, like it's liquid sunshine there all year round. Like, I, I don't know if anyone's doing training no, in Ireland I, apart from I you. actually don't. You know, it's funny, I... <laughs> So first of all, I moved back here and I was thinking, okay, what I need to do is I need to get out to Mallorca. I need to go, like, let's do this. First of December, I, I even booked my flights, you know, I had everything ready to go. And then I thought to myself, like, I am not ready to go. I feel like I've just gotten back to Ireland. You know, I, I had moved everything back from Belgium, which was, like, stressful enough in itself. And, God, you know, moving yeah, my flights back. So I just thought, you know what, I need a bit of time to to rest here and actually i'll tell you what happened um i spoke with um eddie dunbar um from okay, ineos he, he's run with ineos okay. and uh, he's an irish guy and he was the one who said to me um people think that they need to be in warm weather training all the time and he said i've had some great winters of training in ireland like the roads in ireland are great for building fitness which they are because the roads in ireland are quite tough like that the surface isn't great it doesn't ever feel like super uh, smooth you know like when you're in New York or something like that the roads are like carpet you just glide along yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a bit just more glide through right? yeah so so actually when 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 I heard a world tour pro say that to me I was like why do I think I need to go to New York like I, I I can get it done here I have the support I've got a great support network here my mum and dad are super supportive um I've obviously moved back in with them um and I have you know I've got people I know around, friends, family, um, and I just felt like, yeah, I just need to be here for a while. And then I've, I've actually booked as well to go to Girona. I'm moving to Girona. Um, well, I mean, I'm moving to Girona. I've booked a one-way flight to Girona on the 1st of January. And that was something that's oh, been, wow. yeah, so, so that's something that's been on my bucket list for a while. You know, I, I have wanted to go to Girona for a winter for like the last two and a half years and just certain things kind of, you know, got in the way. Um, and I, you know, and then this year I thought to myself, okay, I could go out to Mallorca in January because I, I have a lot of friends out in Mallorca who are riding out there. Um, and I, th there was accommodation there for me as well. But I thought to myself, you know what, this is on your bucket list. You've wanted to go to Girona yeah. for so long. Now's the time. Just go. So exactly. I, Make just going yeah yeah oh well, i'm so jealous if you if you do i mean it sounds like you've got people over there anyway but if you do go over there there's, there's some folks that i know out there who i'm sure will, will take care of you and look after you um for sure so yeah let, let me know let me know yeah massive massive i think yeah. freddie over from my legions out there and um there's a guy who become friends with called marty Merritt, who's part of you know aisha mcgowan um have you come across her? Sorry. Aisha McGowan. Oh, yeah. Oh, she has her as well. Yeah. No, she's not out there, but Marty and her are like part of this um, collective okay. called um, Little Black Foxes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I Black that. Foxes. Yeah. Um, that collective. So he's over there. So we, we parlay from time to time. So I, I, if you're not connected, I'll connect you. Because when he told me about being in the foothills of the Pyrenees and the places he goes to, like, I was like, oh, man, I just need to go. I need to get there. So you're going to so have excited. a way of a time. You're getting me all excited. I can't wait. Ah, it's brilliant. Like, he was talking about the cafes that you stop at. And, oh, oh it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, grand. So flipping it flipping it back to the bike, and um, you've obviously been on an immense journey. Um, and in, in the time you've been involved in the sport, like four years or so now, coming up to maybe five, like, how have you seen it change? Like, from, you know, your, your view coming up through the ranks and doing things you've done? Um, okay, so I suppose maybe that I'll be coming into this a bit naively because before I started cycling, I really did not follow cycling at all. So um, <clears throat> I kind of... I came into it in 2017, 2018, but it was only like 2019 that I started to actually follow 
cycling um because before that i was just cycling myself but i didn't know any the names of any riders or anything like that um and in that time i feel like i've seen i, I don't know i feel like that things have gotten a lot more vocal around like women cycling um especially mm -hmm. maybe i'm just seeing this because i'm obviously so in the bubble of women cycling but like i feel that there's more talk all the time of things becoming more um equal for women uh and mm -hmm. i feel like the conversation is only ramping up more and more in the last couple of years and i feel like pro riders are getting more on board with it in the last couple of years as well um you know that they're obviously now maybe 10 15 20 years ago pro riders wouldn't have had a platform to like voice their concerns or, or maybe yeah. they would have had a platform but it wouldn't have been that established but now you know you've got all these riders who are on social media who've got big followings um and who will share you know if they feel that an injustice has been done at a race or um you know that they will share if there's issues that like you see issues you know from within teams uh or from race organization race money and yeah. i feel that riders have just become more vocal about these things um mm -hmm. but maybe they were vocal before and i wasn't aware of it but for me i've noticed in the last be. couple of years that there's more yeah. talk there's more talk around it um, yeah. listen, so i think following on that train of thought like i, I feel that there's definitely been a ton more awareness that's been brought about uh, the disparity in pay you know, between like men and women, particularly. And earlier this year, I was talking to um, Lou Gibson from the Internationals. Do you follow oh, yeah, Lou a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was talking to her, and we were we were having a joke about the mountains and whether when women race on the mountains, the mountains kind of get lowered because you don't get as much money. And we had a proper proper laugh about that. Um, like. <laughs> which of course is silly, I know, but how have you kind of navigated the challenge of like financing your growth, you know, in the sport? Because it's, it doesn't, it seems like it might be getting better, but it doesn't seem like it has been better. So like for women, I know it's been tough at times, but for you, has it been the case as well? It's been quite yeah, difficult yeah. to finance. Yeah. I, I definitely think it has been, but you know, I, I feel like as well, um, there's a lot of girls who were in my position, um, uh, a lot of girls that I would know who would be racing in Europe who are, are not doing it for the love of money. They're definitely doing it for the love of the sport. Now, I'm really lucky in that my contract for next year is a professional contract, which is something I've been aiming towards for ages, you know. Um, and for me, the way I've been... Uh, when I first moved to Belgium, I was paying my way. I, I had a, a job. Uh, I was working, like, in a bakery factory, and I was also working, like, I've worked then in the post, uh, in the postal service for a while, so I was a post lady. Mm -hmm. um, so I did these kind of things for a while that, <laughs> that I could kind of balance alongside my cycling. Um, so the job, say, for example, in the bakery factory, I was just kind of working on a conveyor belt all day, kind of putting cakes on a tray, cakes on a tray for like eight hours. Um, and, and I could kind of, yeah, it was like... Did you, did you did you eat any of the cake? <laughs> that, that wasn't allowed, but I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'd be fired. I'd be so fired. Oh I, man, that's it was my, so difficult. Like, there were definitely times like I, I remember having to put these chocolate mushrooms on top of like a cake um, yeah. at one stage, and literally it was like dangerous for me being beside chocolate. Yeah. It was dangerous for eight hours. It's, it's anyway, a problem. It's a problem. <laughs> I did that for like. Uh, about a year I think I did that and then I started working at B Post which is uh, like the postal service in Belgium again like I feel like a lot of cyclists did that um a lot of cyclists I knew do that like alongside training because the hours are quite good to to work alongside oh, training okay. so you get like you get up and, and you start work at 4 30 but you're done by 12 well in an ideal world you're done by 12 but I was never done by 12 it's always like two o'clock I get home, I'd be exhausted. Yeah. Because you're knackered, you've woken up at like right. four o'clock yeah. or whatever time it is. So probably shattered really. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So so that's so you, you had to do hot and hold down part time jobs in order to pay your way and be able to ride. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I completely you know, I'm not definitely not looking for sympathy because I wasn't good enough to be riding at, at a higher level than that. Mm -hmm. But I, I definitely, you know, after a while, uh, you know, those jobs the, the postal job definitely took its toll on me and I um 
I had to, I quit that job. And then I started to mm-hmm. do more like, I did some social media work. I started to do coaching with cycling. Um, okay. And I just, Great. yeah, I, I kind of found a way to make it work that I could balance it a lot easier with my um, with my cycling. And now, yeah, I've signed with Plantia Pura for 2022. So I have like a weight lifted. It's brilliant. I, can, I can't wait to actually be able to like finally fully focus on like cycling and you know, just give it a whack, like give it everything. Yeah. 2022, like all in. Full, full gas, go for it. Amazing, amazing. Um, I want to, yeah, I look at these hearts there. I wonder how you do that. Well done, says the Contivo, the dad, if I say that right. Um, We had a question from Brad 81 He wanted to know any plans to ride Women's Paris Bay in 2022. Now, this is what, this is your one, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Matt, yeah. did you see her bike at Ruler? Did you see it? They had her bike, her reserve bike. I, from I didn't see it. I didn't see oh, it. Did it have the bar tape with the... The blood? No, it was her reserve one, so yeah, no blood. But, okay. like, it had all the, like, you know, all the little bits and pieces that they had done to make the bike more kind of stable and secure. So, like, they had, like, elastic bands around her SRAM batteries and, you know, little uh, bands on her bottle cages to keep the bottles in when she was going over the cobbles. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Um, any plans to ride yeah. it? Like, we, we are, yeah. we have a spot there, um, but, you know, I don't know. you got to see how, how good I am, so hopefully like, I see I'd love to yeah no I mean going going with the flow on that like I, I saw in I think it was November that um Plant had announced that you joined was it Julie van der Veld um yeah. Kim Kim de Bat like there's some there's some there's some talented folks in that collective really. yeah. have you have you had the chance to meet up with the ladies as yet and um doing I've some had- training or yeah, so I've had a chance to meet um, with with those ladies that you mentioned and Justine as well. And uh, so, so I actually, um, I had already been on a team with Kim last year. I was a stagiaire um, for a couple of weeks with Kim last year at Cyclotel. Uh, so I, okay. I, I, I knew Kim through that. And you get to know girls as well. <coughs> Excuse me. You get to know the same girls as well through, um, <clears throat> oh my goodness, you get to know the same girls through going to like the same races every week uh, in Belgium. You kind of meet the same girls again and again. So uh, there, there's definitely names I'm familiar with. And then there's names that, you know, I've looked up to for years who are on the team. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like the fact that you'll be able like that, I'll be able to like pick their brains and, and you know, yes. learn from them. is just like that's an amazing opportunity. That, that is massive, isn't it? Because I think, I suppose you, you're going to have like a DS and you're going to have all the sort of yeah. support that comes with it and training plans, but just being able to pick stuff off other people through like just osmosis, like we're in the same team. How do you deal with this? That, that is, I yeah. mean, you can't put a value on that really, can yeah. you? Yeah, um, like the DS is incredible. Um, also, I, I rode with her at uh, when I was at Cyclotel and she just knows so much. So I'm just really excited to like, be a, a complete sponge. Like that is my goal. I'm just going to go in there, ride as hard as I can, do the best that I can. Um, and yeah, you know, the thing is, I've been very limited in the races that I've done and that they've been in Belgium mostly, but like flat Kermes races, which for me is not, is not great. Like I, not a sprinter. I like hills. Um, and, and, you know, the fact that now that I'll have like a big, bigger racing calendar and an opportunity to show my strengths and, and to like ride hard for the team is just amazing. You know, I, I just want to do the best that I can and yeah. work, play my part in the team as best I can. Um, massive, massive congratulations to you because that is you know, a dream. Like UCI continental team, are they? Yeah. 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 So that's like next next level next level to think like you know when you started to where you are now it needs one of those instagram memes like how it started and how it's going like when you, when you, when you i think that would be so maybe too cheesy i'll pause and move on to another question i believe <laughs> no so, i'm just i'm um, just imagining like the how i started because when i first started cycling when i was like 15 i used to wear my helmet like a bonnet like so you used to be able to see like the front of my hair because I thought it was just meant uh, to like come back here and like 
you know, the how I started would just be humiliating. <laughs> well, yeah, we all, we've all, we've all got those stories. Like I, I look back and I, at the time when I started, like I didn't have like money to like buy the clothes that, you know, um, I'm fortunate to have now. And I was wearing like, well, I'd wear to the gym, you know, and I just yeah. jumped on the bike and that was it. And I, I called myself a cyclist and, and, and that we are, you know, that's what no, that's this is it. all about. It doesn't I matter feel, who I you are, you know, that, you can yeah. be. Yeah. As cyclists, that I'm actually, because I came from running, like running is just a very inclusive sport. Like you, you don't need a whole lot. Like it's very accessible to be a runner. Like, and nobody really mm. is judging in running. I feel like you get, you get your runners, you, you have your kit, whatever it could be from, from like little, and that's, perfect like you're a runner yeah but i feel like cycling can be quite snobby it's a very mm. very very elitist sport and i really especially because i started cycling when i lived in london let me tell you regent's park on a saturday morning is like a fashion show for cyclists and yeah. i didn't have any kit i had nothing i was yeah, yeah. that same i was wearing like hand-me-downs on like my dad's old bike and whatever i was a cyclist that you don't yeah. need I yeah. feel like we can be very snobby about it, but you just need a bike and whatever your gym clothes. Fine. That's it. That is it. That's it. Because I think that's the, the, the thing. Like for some people, it can be off-putting. You know, when you, you come into that environment, you see, you're like, oh, I don't know, socks over my bib tight, under my bib, like, what is all this stuff? And there are all these jokes and these rules and these things. But at the end of the day, like you say, you don't, you don't need too much else. And and I was going to just ask you about um, something that, so last week, what day was it? Monday, Tuesday. I was speaking on a panel for the Strava Year in Sport launch where they were talking about the boom in sports um, and and cycling as well that had started with the pandemic, understandably, but had continued like even last year. So there had been like 1.8 billion uploads of different activities, which was like up 38% on the year before, which is crazy. Um, but if we think about cycling specifically, like from your perspective and what you see and experience, experiencing why do you sort of feel that that is kind of gathering the momentum and the pace and the interest that it has been over the last I don't know couple of years or so yeah you know I actually I'm not really sure why it's been cycling that's kind of been the one that has boomed so much you know I, I can't oh it's I not mean, so I, maybe I need to be clear so that was that's all sports but oh, like okay. within that cycling also grown quite a lot that there was definitely walking there was running there a, a big one as well but but i was thinking as we're talking cycling like in terms of the growth of cycling specifically like if you had any views around why that's taken off as it has yeah i feel like we see more maybe you know it's becoming more mm. popular um you know <laughs> especially here in ireland like you know we have guys like sam bennett you know when somebody like that is that's inspiring a whole new generation um which is incredible to see like people see a, a normal you know Irish guy like Sam Bennett who just you know is from Carrick and Shore he's like wearing the green jersey at the Tour de France like that inspires a whole new generation um yeah. as well as that I feel like you know uh maybe I, I don't know maybe I'm going a bit off topic or going on a tangent now but I feel like when I was a teenager that maybe being sporty wasn't considered very cool um, mm -hmm. And I feel that it's actually getting more popular um, with teenagers. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and again, you said this at the beginning, and it was something that, that I really believe in. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Like, mm -hmm. I feel that now there is a lot more, um, like, definitely when I started, it was something that I was really uh, tuned into as well, is seeing women cycling and putting it on social media. That was a huge thing for me. I would be like, oh, you know, here are these women cycling. Let me reach out to them for advice. And, you know, people were so helpful as well, which was a massive thing. Um, and it just, it, I found it inspiring. And maybe that is something that has, uh, you know, inspired more people. You know, people might have been at home and thinking, oh, what can I do to stay fit? And they might have just seen yeah. something on, on social media and just, you know, oh, let me try cycling. And there's more initiatives around as well, like initiatives around getting uh, kids into cycling, you know, youth cycling programs. I, I do one with Cycling Ireland where I kind of lead uh, lead cyclists, uh, youth cyclists through uh, a training session. I was just doing like a six-week block of that now, but they also have programs for women as well, so beginner and intermediate women. And, you know, there's just more, there's more avenues. Um, 
um, to kind of get into it. And yeah, I think that that has probably contributed to it somehow. Fabulous. That's such a good answer. Good answer. And putting <laughs> you on this, no, really good answer. And putting you on the spot a little bit. Um, if we were to give you a magic wand to accelerate that participation, um, what would you kind of target? Like, are there like one or two or three things that you think could make it even bigger, even better, even more wider reaching? You know? Okay. If I had a magic wand, the first thing that I would do would be put in, first of all, more greenways in Ireland. I know that they're going to, you know, so that you have a, a safe space to cycle, but also this cycling infrastructure in Belgium and the Netherlands was like, I felt so safe when I was there. There are bike lanes yeah. everywhere. I mean, on the most, you know, like back roads, there's a, there's a bike lane. There's always a bike lane. Um, and I, I really feel that I, we completely have, we don't have that in Ireland. Like if we just don't have yeah. that. Um, so I think that that would be one thing I would just try and make it safer for cyclists. Cause I know from like my DMS, I know that people that holds people back, like people don't want to go out on the road because they're afraid. They're scared. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's totally understandable that, and that's a massive one. And I, I've got to concur with you. Anything else that you would, you would, you would do add change? Um, I think the things that are being done, like I was saying that that youth program with Cycling Ireland, I think getting kids started young is is the, the key to it. Um, and kind of at that really important age where like 15 to 18, 15 to 20, where things can kind of, you know, you can, you kind of choose your path then, don't you? Like, I feel like that's yeah, a really yeah. important kind of uh, age group to target to show people that, you know, uh, you know, even if your friends are doing one thing, that you can do a different thing. Um, something else. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that would be a really important like age group that I would target and really getting that talent ID in at that stage, like, you know, focusing on that, um, on, on building... Oh, sorry, now now I can get on a tangent. Um, on building that kind of pathway, that, that programme, for for that kind of uh, i'm thinking of girls in particular now because i feel like there's a lot of opportunities for guys for for male cyclists in their late teens but for girls in particular like building something really solid for girls in that 15 to like 23 age bracket a program that they can get into where they have guidance from people and where there's like clear steps to how they get to the next level because there is no clear step at the moment like people are thinking you know I feel like there should be a really clear program from like the National Federation of saying, okay, you come into this program, we will help you develop your skills this way. We will help you develop your FTP this way. We will send you to these races. We will give you, I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole load of funding, but like we will give you funding to go to the UK to do this race, you know, and just gradually introducing people, introducing like teenage girls to that kind of wider group, wider kind of racing scene over in Europe because otherwise you'd be like me you'll be 25 you'll be going over to Europe thinking oh my god the level here is insane like I wish that I <laughs> started this when I was 15 years old that's a bit earlier yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so I feel that that would be a massive uh, that would definitely be something I would do um so cycle awesome. lanes and like clear clear pathways to the next level yeah no I'm, I'm with you on that I'm with you on that and I think what what I would um Add to that. So I, I'm gonna, when I've thought about it, I've thought infrastructure 110 mm. percent because I think last year in, in the UK probably about 150 people died on the bike, and some like 4,000 were like injured, some seriously, which is too many, right? It's too yeah. many, and and once it's and sometimes it's really hard, you know, like to get your mind back to getting on the saddle. So mm. and and if you, if you die, then you're definitely not getting back on the saddle. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say about representation. So what we're doing now massive with Sam Bennett, massive, and, and then having access, you know, access to bikes, because it's not, it's, it's not inexpensive, like, no, I don't think, so maybe more could be done from that perspective. Yeah, actually, manufacturers that, to make yeah. an entry point that, for people that's not point, crazy, you know. I actually did a, um, I was up with a cycling club recently um, in, in Navin, uh, and they, they actually have bikes that the, the kids can like hire, you know, they, they have bought bikes that the kids can hire to, to you know, because you, you might not have whatever it is, two grand or 
to spend on a bike, you know, well, a lot of people no. wouldn't have that. And it's a huge barrier to getting into cycling. So I think if clubs mm-hmm. can, you know, whatever, do a bulk deal, I know it's a huge ask, but like, you know, even national federations could, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, I'm, I'm like grabbing from the money tree now, but you know, national federations could... You got the one. <laughs> well, if national federations could give like a bursary to clubs to get these bikes for kids that then the clubs can rent out to kids for the year. Um, because as well as a kid, you're growing so quickly, there's, you know, you hardly want to buy an expensive bike because then next thing you'll be, you'll have grown it out. So yeah, oh, I think yeah. that that would be a, a definitely something that Navin are already doing, but I think that it would be uh, definitely a, a, a good stepping stone. Brilliant. No, thank you so much. Um, all of this is going into my mind. And one day, if the lottery comes my way or something, I get to connect some dots. Well, you I'll, get that I'll, one. Um, I'll say, I get that one. I'll say the image and set me. So, cool. Like, something that I ask everyone, and, and we've in fact, uh, Caramel 105 Spins, he's Michael. Uh, Michael Cumming, he's over in New York. He's a guest that, um, and a friend, actually, that I had on, on here like last year, I think. Um, I asked him, and I asked everyone that comes on, is what it is about cycling that they love, in the hope that they say that they do love cycling, because otherwise I've asked them one question. All right. Uh, what about cycling do I love? I feel like it has just been a complete adventure for me since I started cycling. I am very happy to be like following a path that I didn't ever think I'd be going down, getting to meet amazing people, huge opportunities coming my way. Exactly. Coming on here. <laughs> You know, and, and things like traveling to countries I never thought I'd get to go to. Like, yeah. I never thought at 28 I'd be moving to Girona. Like, what? I didn't think that. Like, you know, my life has just completely become unpredictable. And luckily, I love that. That's oh, fabulous. That is, that is inspirational. Now, this whole Brexit situation, how did you get to go to Girona? Have you got some special dispensation where you can just be living there? Well, I my passport's Irish, so I'm fine. You know, that's it. You need to get some kind of Irish blood in there. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, like for ne- we're coming close to the close, but I was just thinking that we talked a bit about Transpura for for next year. I want to ask actually, is um I don't know how to pronounce her name, but is it Saline Alvarado? Is she part of the team as well, or different? Yeah. Like, I can't quite work out. Yeah, so, so like, there's a big cyclocross kind of contingent within the team, um, and she's okay. probably one of the cyclocross riders. Um, yeah, I absolutely have loved watching her in cyclocross, so I'm really looking forward to meeting her. Because, I mean, is cyclocross something that you would do as well, or are you more, more... No, I think cyclocross no. is, like, a lot of, a lot of skill. You know, and, and I'm not yeah. unskilled on the bike, but I'm not skilled to the level that they would be skilled on the bike. Next level, next level, fair dudes, fair dudes. Well, well out, outside of the, the road racing that you hope to do next year, maybe a bit of gravel stuff, do you have any other uh, adventures? You're, like, you're doing tons. I mean, Jerome is coming up, like, stuff's happening, but is there anything else that you're doing next year that you're excited to sort of share and see manifest? Um, I don't I kind of want to see if I can still do some uh, e-racing, you know, because I obviously did that with Movistar this year. Um, I, I want to try, you know, try out the national champs, uh, the e-racing national champs for the first time are being held from uh, with Cycling Ireland in January. So, you know, give that nice. a whack, see how that goes. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I I feel like there's so many adventures lined up for next year and I just want to get really stuck into things like, you know, moving to Girona, we're finding a base there because I've booked somewhere for January, but I want to find somewhere to like live, you know, for, yeah, exactly. yeah, you know, find somewhere like that. Um, and then I guess just getting stuck into the races, really fully focused on, on the races, definitely. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thanks so much, Imogen. And as I said, part of this is about inspiration. I think you've done that in droves, just through talking us through how you kind of bounced back from stuff and done all the major things that you've done. But if there's someone out there that's thinking, you know what, hearing Imogen speak, I want to take my cycling to the next level. Are there like two things, I'll keep it simple, two things that you would say, these two things might help you on that journey to becoming a stronger, better cyclist? Okay. Um, first of all, I would say consistency is key. Um, you know, consistently showing up, 
because I feel like it's very easy to kind of show up for, you know, a week and then fall off the bandwagon. Consistency is key if you really want to make it, if you really want to do very well. Um, so that would be my number one thing. And then hmm, my number two thing for, I mean, just surrounding yourself with people who don't, like who believe in you um, uh, would be a big thing for me. And making sure that your bubble is, you know, if you really have this goal that you want to make it to the next level, not letting any negativity into that bu bubble. Um, because I'm almost like, I, I'm almost overly protective about that like I don't want any negativity around me I hate it if somebody you know oh but do you think you can actually do that like believe in yourself have your vision yeah. have your vision board write it down work hard towards it and the world is your oyster yeah I love that ah, <laughs> awesome 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 but look, I, I am you I mean you've given tons of inspiration away like on the subject of inspiration for you whether it's internal or external, is there anyone that you or anything that you draw inspiration from yourself? Um, oh, this is a question that I get asked about a lot, like, you know, who who is your inspiration? And I feel like it is really easy to, like, name. Obviously, I'm super inspired by, like, the big names, you know, in, yeah. in cycling. But for me, like, the real places I draw inspiration from are the people that I know like that I personally know um and the people that I see firsthand how hard they work and a lot of that is like the girls that I know within Cycling Ireland um who I just see working so hard who you know they're out in Mallorca they don't have a velodrome here in Ireland so they're out in Mallorca training there all the time which sounds like a dream but it's a lot of just like turning up every day like I said it's that consistency and I really take yeah. inspiration from that like people who are getting it done who don't have you know all the means in the world around them um that I find that really inspiring oh, fabulous thank you so much well, well you'll be pleased to know we're joined to a close and one last thing if you've got time one last thing I wanted yeah. to ask you because it's actually like one question, but it's actually six questions. And I borrowed it from Creda, Christopher Strickland. I think you talked on his talk yeah, yeah. a while back. Uh -huh. It's kind of like a rapid rapid fire thing um, okay. that I want to ask. And this helps people to get to know you. So we can't do it all. We've got to be fast. Um, Imogen's off-season go-to drink. What would we see you in a bar sipping on? Avril If we saw you sipping. Avril Spitz. <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Uh, your favourite food? Uh, oh gosh, um, I just love a bit of chocolate. I love having every day a coconut milk hot chocolate is like my go-to treat every day. I'm getting that every day. Coconut milk hot chocolate. Okay. If anybody's watching this and they haven't had that before, make that your next coffee order. It's so good. That's going to be the one. Coconut milk hot chocolate. Brilliant. Um, and do you cook? No, I hate cooking. Okay, so we'll pass on that one. So you've got a three-hour training ride. Who are you taking? You can oh. take one person. Me, just me then, <laughs> myself, and and the podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, ride solo. And, and, and where would you ride? Uh, the coastal road here in County Clare. I absolutely love it. Okay, wow, okay. And I'd stop for a coffee in La Hinge, and that would be, I'd just be happy out. Job is done, job is a good one. And, and last question, motto for life? Like, do you have any guiding principle? Yes, ethos? win the day, win the day. That is my motto, like you uh, it's it's something that i heard from the coach of the oregon ducks i think it is um okay. and he said he said a great quote but to paraphrase it he said that you know everybody talks about wanting to become national champ state champ but if you don't show up and put in the work on a random tuesday that ain't gonna happen so win the day the day the day that is awesome Thank you so much. You, you've inspired me. I've got my notes down here. I'm going to try and win the day tomorrow. And I think so many hearts going off on the side there. That people enjoying what you said. So, yeah, thank you so much. And if, if you're on Strava, we've got like a Strava club. I feel into Strava club. You can join us. Um, oh, I will. I'll join it, but I actually don't upload anything to Strava because it became like almost toxic where I was like looking, seeing, are people looking what I'm doing? Am I looking what people are doing? So, yeah, <laughs> but I'll join okay. the club. <laughs> join the club, and, and for anyone out there, join the club. We'll pedal together, we get stronger together, all that good stuff. And then tomorrow we've got a Swift ride if you're free at 12 o'clock midday here, led by Alison Wood. 
um, YFUNT's last ride of the year. If you can make it, follow Ali, Ali Veloci. She is on um, Strava. She'd be stoked. We'll be there. We normally have a Zoom thing going and we just talk about cakes. Oh, cool. I, I might be on my bike outdoors, but if I'm not, okay. I'll catch you on Swift. Another, another, another time. I get it. I, I like how you let me down, Jenny. It's good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. Imogen, thank you so much. I didn't mean to take so much of your time. But no, I really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Thank you for having me. And no uh, yeah, it, was it, was, it was great chatting. Awesome. Well, we, we all look forward to seeing your progress next year with Plant Cura. It's going to be awesome. Give it a good whack for all of us. Um, and yeah, Girona, here you come. It's going to be yeah. fabulous. So good luck. Good all luck. right. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks all to right. everybody watching. Bye. Fab. Take care. Bye now.